0: Well, hey, good morning. Uh, my name is Aaron Cotton, and I'm the Family Discipleship Pastor uh, here at the Grove. And if we have said all, uh, we miss being you, miss being present with you. Uh, but we're also grateful uh, that we get to have technology. We're we are literally, literally bringing the gospel uh, into living rooms at one household at a time. If you're tuning in, so if you have been. T- With us. We've been going through the book of Proverbs this summer, uh, and it's entitled Word to the Wise. Uh, And it's been really unique for the past few weeks because we've actually had different voices uh, speaking on wisdom. And if you know anything about wisdom, wisdom comes from multiple uh, people, multiple voices as we center ourselves on the Word and as we think about what the Word says. And so this morning, uh, we're going to be diving in uh, to Proverbs uh, chapter 26 to see um, how we use our words. Uh, so th- a few weeks ago, um, I asked to Kroger uh, to buy some chicken. And I love Kroger because uh, if you go into one of the sections, there's a, there's a section called the manager special. You get discounted On some meat, and so I went to Kroger, grabbed some meat, got a good deal on it. Came home, uh, marinated that junk, put some seasoning on it, like Tony Sachery, salt, pepper, even a little dash of garlic powder. Got that going on in the fridge, sitting for days. All right, and in my household, we have to schedule this thing out when we barbecue. All right, Grills got to get hot, kids got to be distracted. I go to cook. I, I cook that thing perfectly because it's really easy to overcook chicken, in case you didn't know that. like it, it, There's a there's a certain art to do chicken uh, where it's juicy and it, and it cuts like butter, right? I got my thermometer and the thing. I take it off the grill. I lay it on the counter and I'm cutting it. It looks delicious. I got grill marks on it. Didn't play with it too much on the grill. I got the streaks on there and I'm cutting it up for my son. And before I give it to my son, like any would do, I had to do a taste test. So I cut into it, my mouth's watering, I put that chicken into my mouth, and initially there was a good taste. But within less than a second, maybe even sooner than that, there was this strong taste in my mouth. It wasn't that salt and pepper, it wasn't that delicious marinade that I had my chicken sitting in. The chicken had gone spoiled. It was rotten. Outside, it looked good. Even initially, it tasted all right. But quickly, it tasted literally like death. And then I was going to give that even to my child, unknowingly, unless I first digested it myself. You think, Aaron, why bring up this? Because in this passage alone, in Proverbs 26 we see at least four times the word deception or disguise appears. And just like my chicken, that is exactly what deception is. Its exterior or on the outside, it looks like things are okay, but inwardly, there's these desires that have gone mad for approval or respect. And deception carries around masks. And we can all wear these masks. And when I even speak mass right now, I'm immediately thinking thinking towards the time that we are in. I'm not. Don't get all political on me, but I we all can, in a spiritual sense, put on mass. But one thing I do know is that when I go to the grocery store, where once we didn't have to carry mass, but now we are putting on mass, there's there's a sadness in me because I'm not able to see truly all of people and all of their face. Like I don't know if they're smiling. I don't know if they're giving me the look. I don't know if they're frowning at me. I don't know if they're joyful. And so there's this unknown as we relate to others. But church, today, masks are easy to see, but the spiritual reality is we all, behind, we all hide behind masks that hinder our spiritual walk in being all of who Christ has made us to be, which is even more sad to think about. But thanks be to Jesus, our living who tore the veil to give us access to the throne in honesty and in boldness. It says back in, in 2 Corinthians 3 where Moses had to wear a veil or a covering because God's glory was too much for the people to see. But in Jesus, this is our hope that this covering has been lifted. He covers us with his righteousness so we can find all who we are designed to be in him. And so join me this morning, church, with an unveiled face, resting in the righteousness of Jesus to behold the glory of the Lord. Because in this, it's this blending in, but it leads to transformation into who Jesus has designed to me. So the title of this morning is this, Deceptive Words, but also the Living Word. And so as we go through this passage, going to point out different masks that we can easily put on that hides where we are at. And the first one this morning is the jokester. I was really tempted to call it the joker because uh, I'm a Batman fan. So if you're kids and that this, there's some similar uh, connections between the joker and what we're about to go through. That was free, just for you. Alright, look at me in the Bible. Proverbs 26, the word says this, whoever meddles in a coral, not his own, is like one who takes a passive dog by the ears, like a madman, crazy person who throws firebrands, arrows, and death. Is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, "I'm only joking." So the text says that this this person goes and th- th- there's a fight going on. He takes the dog by the ears. Like, have you ever uh, been in a position where you have had two dogs that are fighting before you? I grew up on a farm, I had two country dogs, and like, I knew you didn't in between them when they were eating. But for whatever reason, one day I just say started getting after it, and I decided that I was going to be the hero of the situation, break up the fight, but soon to come find out, I came out with, some, with a gash to the ER in some, some stitches because I should have known better, you don't involve your two dogs or getting after it. And the truth of it is, what Proverbs is telling us is that sometimes people need to be adults in their conflict. They, if there's a conflict type, sometimes the best thing for us is to trust people to talk about things. I think it's appropriate. I think it's appropriate that conflict is unable to get settled. I, I believe in wisdom and a counselor to come in. But initially, what Proverbs is inviting us into is that for us to be able to solve conflict with a with the heart of reconciliation. But look how the jokester is described or this madman, or this crazy person. It, it, it's, it's described as one uh, who throws firebrands, arrows, and death. Not working? Check, check. Rewind just a little bit, and we're good. All right. Just checking. All right. Hey, we're back. Speaking about this this jokester, this is one of the crazy, we lack self-control And and, and the word says that he sends flaming arrows of death. They make jabs and say hard things. And when confronted, they say, well, I was only kidding. Like, can't you take a joke? And we use humor and we use joking to avoid taking responsibility in things that we maybe should actually be saying. It's when we say hard things and we know confrontation is right on the brink and we know it's about to get uncomfortable and awkward, because of our lust for approval or for, uh, for our lack of understanding of what true peace is, we, we revert to a joke. We say, oh, I'm just kidding. And, and, and this person who is the jokester, it's really hard to know where they're at. It's really hard to know where they're coming from because then it brings confusion it, it brings disorientation and it destroys community. Is when we use jokes and humor to alleviate situations where really they're, they're situations where we need to lean in and invite others into repentance and believing in Jesus. In my time leading small groups or, uh, you know, neighborhood groups or, uh, or or community groups, these smaller settings outside of Sunday morning uh, where we get to uh, do life when, with one another, it's really hard when there's a jokester in the room because you, you feel like you have a sense of um, direction that the Spirit is leading you in. You're trying to facilitate uh, where people are at and actually go, like, Underneath the surface, that rather than just hang out on the surface, and and there's moments where as a leader you're you're navigating these things, as, as you think you're making some headway into where Jesus wants us all to go, and in that moment there's a jokester in the room, and then he crack, he cracks a joke or she cracks a joke, and then the whole room is derailed, and then now and now we now that what we're tempted with is is to lean into that joke and then like, go off into that direction and then never come back to where the Lord really had us to be. See, the jokes in the room isn't being used as an instrument towards holiness, but it's actually used as an instrument and as an obstacle towards Christ-likeness. And so for you that are watching or tuning in, if if you have the tendency uh, to make a joke or for things to be too uncomfortable and, 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 and make a remark, let me encourage you to lean into the uncomfortable. Lean in to the awkward because there in that moment when we seal our lips or guard our lips, we allow the community that God's placed us to be to go on an adventure in a journey that we've never been before. Now listen, I love joking. I love laughing. I, I, I love a good joke. Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time to laugh and there's a time to weep. However, it's a matter of timing whether or not it will help the relationship or hinder it. What we joke about and the timing of it shows the character in the community we belong to. So church, let me ask you a question. The question is this. So what are some things we laugh at or joke about? Is it Christ-like humor or is it crude humor? Christ-like humor builds up community, while crude humor downplays sin and distorts our view of God. The very things that we laugh at or celebrate that fill our hearts with joy may indeed break the heart of God. Just because everyone else is laughing doesn't mean that it's necessarily good. And one of the things that is going to be difficult for me to talk about, but I feel like the Lord has... Uh, led me in this direction. One of the most tangible ways we can use humor um, that uh, destructs or destroys uh, community can be sarcasm. Now listen, sarcasm is like second nature for me, but here's the deal. If I'm not aware of how I use my words and how I joke, it will not include others but exclude them, and it will bring Confusion. I mean, sarcasm literally defined as this, the use of irony to ridicule or convey contempt. There's a TV show that came out a few years back uh, in 2004 called Howt. Uh, and I uh, began to watch that during that time and uh, became glued because I was so um, intrigued by this, this character who was uh, a doctor who was given cases— uh, that no one else could be able to solve. But the only dilemma is that though he was saving lives, the way in which he went about it was wrong, and it was, it was crude. I mean, the guy was brilliant, and a lot of us laughed at it. But in the end, if you look at the character of House, it's really sad. Because this character, if you notice in the season, if you watch it, his character spirals downward into the mess. Though he is the best doctor in the world, he is isolated and he is unknown. And he won't allow people to get too close, so therefore he sabotages relationships and acts out through his words and actions to create distance. I mean, this is what deception Does it puts on a mask, it pushes people out while the true self is never known or experienced. In church, this disconnect between the outer self and the inward reality drives the soul to despair, depression, or even worse. And so we're talking about words this morning, but in reality we're talking about who who are you really? Who, who are you and what mask are we wearing? Because here's our hope. Jesus, as our living word, invites us to be honest and lay down our mask and our shallow words to find all who we are in him. If you are in Jesus this morning, then you can live what he says about you in his word rather than projecting jokes that keep you from ever being known. We were created to be known by God and to be known by others. This is where healing and unity is found as we follow our good shepherd and invite him to shepherd the hidden places of our hearts. So not only see we see in the text, we see a jokester, but secondly, we see a whisperer or a gossiper. Look with me in the word, Proverbs 26. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a coarsel man for kindling strife. The words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. Mmm, they're delicious. They're delicate. See the words of Proverbs? They go down into the inner parts of the body nice and smooth. These aren't just like, you know, like eating salad and kale. Like this is like delicious stuff, right? What do you do with salad and kale? you you done some ranch on it because that's delicious. Listen, so just as wood is used to fuel a fire listen, so gossip. a word of a whisper stirs up hostility. And if there's no firewood left, the fire will die, and in the same way, if there are no people who circulate talk that hurts others, others, sorry, then strife ceases. Proverbs 16:28 says, "A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates." close friends. See this one, this whisper who who circulates talk about others? It prevents us from actually being close friends. Yes, there's forgiveness. Yes, there's reconciliation. However, there are consequences when we slander others. There's an element of trust that has been broken in a wound that takes time to heal. But here's the truth, y'all. Here lies the problem is our flesh eats up gossip? We love it. Our sinful nature thrives off of it. To be in the know and in the process of excluding others that destroys community. I mean, we see this in the grocery store. You go go to check out in the aisle. You look to your left. You see all those magazines, all the gossip, all the news on whatever celebrity or whatever it may be. And literally, y'all, this is how real proverbs is, and how, how the Bible is so relevant and available to us. We've got gossip magazines here, and then what do you have right next to the magazines? Candy, Reese's Pieces, chocolate-covered peanut butter wrapped in gold, because it's delicious, delicious morsels, y'all. This is the book of Proverbs that literally our flesh, it, it, we take just as we would a gossip magazine as we would do candy, and how, how easily we can, can, can jump into those situations and lean into those, th- those situations, you know, that though it is delicious and delightful, gossip is destructive. And, 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 and when these whispering words don't just sit in our palate, but move down to the inner parts of the body, as the Bible says, we digest these words, meaning when we receive gossip about someone else, then we now have drawn conclusions and view the other person being talked about through a filter that isn't fair. See, gossip is not only the issue of, of someone speaking or sharing things about others that aren't in the room, but it is also an issue of the one who tolerates it, the one who receives it. Church, look at me. Let's not even put up with it. If someone comes to you with an issue about another person, please direct that individual to the person they have, an individ, uh, they, they have an issue with. Let's not just kind of absorb those things and be the all-wise fixer-upper of the relationship. No, no. the Bible calls us to, to be loving towards them and to be a friend towards them and say, hey, if you've got issues with somebody, hey, please go talk to that individual and do them the decency to respond how they need to respond. Y'all, gossip is deceptive. And it works its way into the church, especially when we use prayer request attached to it. I mean, this is how gossip spreads when someone in the room says, "Hey, I got a prayer request," and it's about someone who isn't in this room. Have you all heard what's going on?" And now we've used prayer request and Christianese as a mask to stench the gossip that is being used as an instrument of Satan to divide and derail the people of God on the mission of God by turning us inward rather than outward. So we bite and devour one another. And the Lord's saying, you're missing it. You're missing it. Come join me. Church, let us not tolerate it. That's why it it says in the book that these words of gossip is like, a, is like a fire. I mean, can you imagine being in your house? I know it's like summer, and it's 100 degrees out, but there's a season coming called winter. And when winter comes, that's usually when we tend to use our fireplaces. And can you imagine you light your fireplace, y'all doing y'all's thing, and that fireplace throws out an ember, and then that ember turns into smoke, and then that smoke turns into a flame. No parent in the house is going to just tolerate that. Hey, there's a hot ember on the carpet. Our, our house is potentially going to burn down, and then you do nothing about it. Like, this is the imagery that Proverbs is communicating to us, is that when we see something, we don't tolerate it. We put it out. James 3 says this. It will be on your screen about the tongue. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, my sisters, these things ought not to be so. It only takes a spark to ignite a force on fire. In the same way, it only takes a passing conversation or one post on social media or one quote unquote deceptive prayer request to destroy relationships in the household of God. Proverbs 18 tw- verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words are powerful, y'all. Used for good and used for bad. In the climate that we ourselves find um, ourselves in in this day in 2020 is like a bonfire. Our news feeds are chocked full of words and opinions that are debating masks in schools, in conspiracy theories, in politics that don't promote unity but actually divide and are rooted in a self-righteousness. And if we're not in check, we, the people of God, can be on Sunday singing songs to him and the rest of the week are using our words as an instrument of Satan set on fire by hell that is causing destruction on those who are made in the likeness of of God my brothers and my sisters these things ought not to be so we are called to be on the mission of God in inviting all people all different types of people all the nations to follow Jesus in all of life so how do we do this we listen we listen to Jesus ultimately and we listen to others and we see where the gospel can be applied to hearts because proverbs 18 also says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. When we are just about expressing our opinion, we are not a part of God's mission, but are actually an obstacle of it when we major in the minor things of the world. So James 1 says, let us be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to post things on social media, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I mean, even if you look at ourselves, like, biologically, God has given us two ears, two eyes, and one mouth. We should therefore see and hear more than be quick to spit out words. That's really hard to recover from, if we're honest. There's no control Z. There's no rewind rewind button when it comes to our words. Because of this, let us be a people who are quick to listen to Jesus, then to others, and not draw conclusions before they finish their sentence. Let me ask you a question all this. is Why do you have such a strong desire to be heard or to be in the know with people? Could it be that there's a deep down lust for approval or respect that is fueling your pride? We need time with Jesus. We need to be alone with Jesus. We need to listen to him and get our desires met in him, because if not, we'll use people and a platform to give us what only could be made available in him. So lastly, we got the jokester. Uh, We got uh, this whisperer. And our third one is the sweet talker. Look with me in Proverbs 26, verse 23. Like the glaze covering an earthen vessel are fervent, emotionally passionate lips with an evil heart. Whoever hates or disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. When he, speak, when he speaks graciously, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred be covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. So like this sweet talker, this, this, this person is the nice one who tells others what they want to hear while neglecting what others need to actually hear from them. They use their kind and gracious words to disguise their dishonesty and their evil heart. And the writer, look here, he gives us an image of a, of a cheap pottery that is covered with silver. On the outside of this thing, it, it looks expensive, but in reality, it's cheap material. I mean, y'all have experienced this. Y'all have experienced, or well, maybe it's just me, I'll speak from my own experience. Like, when, there was a time in my life where I bought a necklace and uh, I, I began to wear that thing and think how good I was looking. And uh, over time, what I thought was getting, what I thought I was getting a good deal on, right? Over time, through sweat and uh, I guess the acid in my skin, my necklace uh, started to turn green. And so, uh, just like I had some good friends in my day, they they were calling me Swamp Thing uh, because I was literally looked like like there was something like algae growing on my neck because the necklace was fake. It was, it was a counterfeit. It wasn't the real deal. And it's the same way with the smooth talker. Like, outwardly, it looks okay. And outwardly, they're using kind words. But the reality is that on the inside, they're harboring bitterness in their heart. You see, if we're not honest with ourselves and others, we can use niceness as a mask to cover our perverted need to be liked and admired. And if your life is driven by approval outside of Jesus, then you will no longer be serving others, but you'll be primarily serving yourself. In your effort to uphold an image that others are impressed with, you become more disconnected from the self God has created you to be. So though outwardly you put on a smile and you buff people up with affirmation, there lies in the heart an altar where Jesus has been dethroned, and there's a worship of only yourself. And we default to this shallow kindness at times because we don't want to hurt people. We don't want to cause unnecessary conflict. But true kindness is not only in extending words of compassion, but also in saying hard things with the goal to be reconciled. When we use niceness to avoid conflict, we attempt to fabricate our own peace that makes relationships inauthentic. The kindness of Jesus calls us to be honest, that is truly loving, even if it isn't always nice. Proverbs 27, verse 5 says this Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, and profuse are the kisses of an enemy. You want to be a good friend? To be a true, faithful friend means we say hard and wounding things from a place of genuine love in order for Christ to be formed in them and in us. I mean, have you ever been in that situation where you're talking to somebody and you have an issue with them? And like, sometimes we go into those conversations like, okay, I'm, I need I need to say this to them. And you get in that moment, the conversation starts happening, like the kids get into the mix or uh, distractions start happening or, you know, it's not just the right timing. You know, I, I guess I'll just wait on this a little bit. And then what can happen is we'll just save it for another day. And when that happens and we just save it for another day, we, we walk away from those conversations. And if we're honest, we feel guilty and a, and a bit shady because in that whole conversation of, of time we're with people, we're withholding what is true and inviting them into ways that they can follow Jesus in deeper ways as we model before them what it looks like to take the step towards reconciliation. It's always going to be inconvenient to bring up things. Always. There's always going to be something that happens. And the enemy will use distraction to keep us from experiencing the community and the friendship that God calls us to be in and to walk with. So don't let them have it. Look at the person and say, hey, I know the kids are going crazy, and, uh, and I know your phone's blowing up, and you're getting some texts, or you're getting calls. I need to tell you something, and so before I leave, we need to have a conversation. And just leave it at that, so that that person knows, hey, we got to come back around to this, because ultimately the gospel is at stake, because if we're not linked up, if, if, if we're not in sync, then the mission of God is at stake. Randy Alcorn writes this. He says, we've been schooled that it's inappropriate to say anything negative. Being a good witness once meant faithfully representing Christ, even when it meant being unpopular. Now it means making people like us. We've redefined Christ like to mean nice. And one of the ways that we see this in our culture, y'all remember the show? It's probably still going on. Actually, I think I'm pretty certain it is actually still going on. You can tell how much I watch this show, but there's a show called uh, American Idol. And, uh, and I remember back in the day, they probably still do this, um, but they would show videos of people uh, that make it in front of the panel that were awful. They were so bad. And yet there was this, this, there was this mockery that happened. So we would like, put these people on the platform, and then we would, we would laugh at them. And I would be sad for them, but my sadness would turn into anger when I thought about their family and their friends who never said anything to him. Brother, sister, I know you have a desire to sing, but you can't sing. I love, I love you too much not to say something. I mean, did they all get together and conspire with one another in this deception of, they're okay. I mean, they're not that bad. I mean, surely surely they'll make it to the first round. No. That's why God invites us into honesty. That's why we see in Proverbs 27, faithful are the wounds of a friend. It's it's, it's wounding to tell somebody the truth. It's inconvenient. It's awkward. But where are the faithful, church, Grove Church, guests out there? Where are the faithful that wound with gentleness and respect for the sake of holiness? When we default to smiles and silence, we're opting out of the Spirit's work in us, for the betterment of the church. I mean, this is, this is why it says there in the text wickedness or flimsy, shallow sweetness is exposed in the assembly. We need people around us. We need people speaking into our lives because there's blind spots. There's, there's deception that is going on where people of wisdom and people with the spirit are saying, hey, what's really beneath all that? Hey, I love you so much that I'm willing to say something uh, about this. Because Satan wants nothing, he wants nothing more than this, than to isolate us, for us to continue in deception. I mean, this is why he's known as the great deceiver. And what he do in Genesis 3, he isolated them from the community of the Trinity, it isolated them from God himself and his wisdom and his input and spoke lies. That's what the enemy Does and so God calls us to be part of a a community. This is essential. Top priority is that we need people around us for us to be known by God and to be known by others. So, yes, we're belong to belong to community, but also for the person who is in community, we create a safe place where people are able to put down their mask and to be who they really are because they know judgment isn't coming. But they know an invitation. To experiencing Jesus on a deeper level is going to be made. An unhindered joy when we lay down our mask to follow after Him. Are we creating that safe place, church? Are we in that community? Are we in that room? Are we on that Zoom call creating that safe place where judgment isn't coming? Because you, we see that in Genesis 3. God doesn't come with initial judgment, He comes with the question. The question was, Where are you? And then he comes with the promise is that we would give people Jesus, our our best and greater wounding friend who was wounded for us. He was pierced for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And so by his wounds, we are healed. And since we're healed people, let's create that healing and safe place, which I know, y'all, like we're in a time right now where I was talking about this with our team earlier. It's like, man, we're called to be in community but with corona and in the, in the times that we find ourselves in and being socially distanced at, at a safe distance or whatever it have, you may be, that, that, that community is hard and community looks different. But listen, just because we're in a pandemic doesn't mean that we ne- neglect the spiritual disciplines God has called us to, to exercise our faith. So I know Zoom is inconvenient. I know being on your screen, not cool. I know being on your phone or FaceTiming, not your thing. But let us not continue in this season isolated and alone because that's exactly where the enemy wants us. And you know what? you know, when we get involved in community when we actually embrace this fact, it means we do things that are uncomfortable. We do things that are risky, like put ourselves in front, of a, in front of a screen to engage with others. So I know it's hard to connect right now. I know it is. We got neighborhood groups that are going on. We got growth groups that are going on, all the while being safe. In being obedient to what God has called us to do and to be in community with, we need it. We need people around us to remind us that we're not alone. We have deceptive words, but we also have this living word. Is where we have failed miserably in our words. Jesus, as the Word, restores that which is broken. I mean, John one says He put on flesh. And he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And this word, this logos, he, he's a person who left heaven, put on flesh, and he moved towards our mess. I mean, Jesus paid the penalty of our perverted hearts and our deceptive words on the cross and rose to life for us to speak life in a hopeless and dying Word, sorry, in a dying world. So before we speak these words, Jesus invites us to connect with Him. That's why in Matthew 6, don't be like the hypocrites who stand on their platforms, who offer prayers up in order to be seen by others. You see, church, I wonder what it looked like this week to actually practice a presence with Jesus in secret, not on your phone not Facebooking about it, not getting that cool pic on Instagram and highlighting some color out there that showing you have a coffee mug or you got scriptures in front of you. What would it look like to truly be alone with Jesus and allow him to speak his words into your heart? Because if that doesn't happen, words are going to fly out of you that don't build up the kingdom. They're going to destroy the kingdom. And there's going to be this, this, this temptation to make much of your own image rather than leaning into the image of Jesus what it look like to practice presence with Jesus. I'll close with these words. Jesus says this about you. For the one who wears a mask, for the one who struggles with deception, yep, for the one who walks around using their words to mask what's going on in the heart, this is what Jesus says about you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Therefore, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to, you ought to answer each person. You know the thing about salt? Not only is it good, but it adds flavor. It, it, it preserves. Salt also heals, even though it may sting. So according to the Bible, unlike, unlike what your teenier, teenager may be saying, is that being salty is a good thing. This is what Jesus calls us to do, to be the light and salt of the word, to be, for our words to be seasoned, to add flavor, that when people get around us and we use words, there ought to be a, a spiciness in the conversation, not being someone who you aren't created to be, but being you, being who God's designed you to be. If you're an introvert, you're an introvert, but sometimes we got to use our mouths as introverts. we got to open up our mouths, and, and or extroverts, maybe don't be too loud, listen, Wherever you're at on that spectrum, we still use our words with people to be a blessing, ultimately with the gospel. And so we listen to Jesus, we listen to them, and we see how the gospel, this living word, applies directly to their hearts. This is who we are as a church. Not to walk in deception, but in in freedom. Let me pray, and we'll continue out in some song. Lord, we need you. Uh, We need your words. We need your um, presence, God. God, we need uh, to be alone with you. We need to be still before you. Um, And that's really hard. But I know when Moses was in the Exodus, when it was really easy for him to conjure up some type of movement. you call him to be still, and you're reminded, Moses, and you remind us that you... You fight for us. You fight for our hearts. You fight for our words. And so, God, I pray that we would get friends around us that fight for us, that don't just buff us up with affirmation or tell us nice things while they're holding something within their heart. Let us be a faithful friend. Let us not tolerate gossip. And let us use our humor and our joking that builds the kingdom up rather than tears it down. We are your instruments, God, for your glory, for our good. Would you help us? We love you. In your name I pray, amen.